This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Fern Neiman. Welcome back, MHP Nation. Here today with part two of our series on property tax projections. And now we're going to talk today more about property tax appeals. So if you didn't listen to the first episode, go back and do that. That's going to tell you how to properly budget for potential tax increases and some strategies to try to mitigate the property tax increases. Because as we all know, taxes are a big expense. And when you buy a property from somebody that hasn't sold it in decades and has owned it for years and years, it's, it's very likely that you're paying a higher price than the county assessor has it on the books for. And that could really ruin your weekend when you get that tax notice saying your bill's going to go from 10000 to 40000 things like that. And from a valuation perspective, with a cap rate, you're going to multiply that pain. In a 10 cap, you multiply it by 10x. 5 cap, 20x. So definitely got to keep your property taxes in check. If it didn't work, though, don't worry. All is not lost. You can appeal your property taxes. You can do this yourself. You can hire a tax attorney. There are some tax reps or tax appeal guys that'll do it on a contingent fee even. It's going to be different processes and different types of personnel on a state-by-state, jurisdiction-by-jurisdiction basis. Uh, shoot me an email, ferd at the mhplawyer.com if you need a reference. I mean, I don't do a lot of this work anymore. I used to do more high-profile cases, but I do the occasional tax bill case, and I know some guys that are kind of nationwide, so I may just send you to those guys um, if you can't do it yourself. And at a certain point, you have to do it with a professional, and I'll get into that here as we go through the process. So again, Getting your taxes to where they should be uh, in accordance with the law is, is crucial to mobile home park operations. So the first thing you do, we can really go through four things here today. First one is you look at the comps, meaning other properties, other like-kind properties, particularly uh, other mobile home parks in your region. Did everybody else go up? If you bought a property for a million dollars and it was previously on the books at 250000 and you got a 4x increase, look at everybody else. I would bet you dollars of donuts that everybody else didn't go up 4X. And what happened is the county assessor was lazy, and they got notice of the sale, generally by a sales verification form if you're in a disclosure state or disclosure county, and they did what's called a spot appraisal. They just looked at your property and said, eh, we'll just appraise this one. And they, they chased the sale. And chasing the sale is not good practice. In case you don't know what the definition of sales chasing is, I grabbed this from the International Association of Assessing Officers. I'm just going to read you the first part of this as we'll get the point across. Sales chasing is the practice of using the sale of a property to trigger a reappraisal of that property at or near the selling price. If sales with such appraisal adjustments are used in a ratio study, the practice causes invalid uniformity results and causes invalid appraisal level results unless similar unsold parcels are reappraised by a method that produces it, blah, 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 blah. Basically, they chased your sale, they jacked up your price, they didn't do it to other people. That's not fair, all right? So there's, that's going to be the next point we're going to talk about is fair and accurate. Appraisers and assessors are supposed to do two things. They're supposed to appraise your property fairly and accurately. So if you paid a million dollars for it, it's probably accurate. 
but that doesn't mean it's fair. Meaning, if you go up to a million dollars and nobody else does, you're not being treated similarly. That gives you a right to appeal. So typically there are three types or reasons you can appeal based on valuation, which in, in this case you wouldn't appeal based on valuation because the million dollars might be right. You'd probably still check that box just to preserve that argument, but that's not the real one. The next reason would be classification. This isn't for this case either, but classification is like, was it supposed to be classified as ag or residential, commercial or tax exempt? But the third appeal criteria is the one you're going to look at here, discrimination. And that's basically say, hey, look, you, you treated me differently than my peer properties. This discrimination has nothing to do with like race, creed, color. This is all about disparate treatment and valuation. And it's a great reason to appeal. I'm actually going through one now. I've rarely do I get the welcome neighbor 4X uh, reappraisal, but it just happened to me on a property in Illinois and they literally just chased the sale, the exact same number. So I start to put together my documents. I'll get to my, get to my documents in a minute, but the purpose of appraisal and mass appraisal for, for um, county assessors is to help taxing districts like school districts and libraries and such generate their budget and get the proper amount of revenue to perform their services. Well, assessment is supposed to be revenue neutral. And what that means is if, if everybody in the community goes up 10%, the aggregate assessed values are 10% higher. Well, then the taxing districts are supposed to decrease their levy rate by 10%. And based on the math formula I explained in the last podcast, what that means is there's no net increase in tax dollars. Great, that's all fine. Well, there's a problem. The problem is similar to the old saying of, you know, all politics are local. Well, let me tell you, all property tax assessments are super local. Okay, by that I mean if I go up 300% or 400% and everybody else doesn't, then guess what? I'm a, I'm a small blip in the total aggregate assessed value for a county. So I'm, my little bitty increase of $750,000 is not going to move the needle, and the taxing districts are not going to lower their levy rate. So as a result, I'm going to get a 300% property tax bill increase. It's going to really murder my deal, kick my, you know, kick my NOI right in the stomach. So how do we get, how do we get over this? How do we you know, survive this yeah, discrimination that just pisses us off. Well, there's a process. And typically there are, any depends on the jurisdiction, really three to four typical steps of the review process. And then there's some true like litigation stuff that I'll, I'll reference, but that's pretty uncommon. The first is an informal appeal. This is going to the county assessor, you know, either in person or via phone or email and saying, hey, I want to talk about my assessment. Can we change this? And sometimes assessors will try to kick the can down the road or basically like dodge the topic. Like, oh, no, I don't have anything to do with your tax bill. I just set values that the collector or the taxing districts, they're the bad people that raise your taxes. It's like that's pretty disingenuous because the valuation is the key item in the formula. Um, and if you, only tr- if you only increase my valuation and not other people, then the taxing districts are not going to have to lower their levy. So come on, Mr. or Mrs. Assessor, you're jacking up my taxes. And if you don't do it to everybody else, that's not fair and I'm going to appeal. So I try to have an informal appeal. Typically, I get my documents in a row at that point, but really, you got to get your documents in a row before you do the next step, which is a formal appeal. If you can't win the, if you cannot win the informal, meaning you can't convince that person that they're wrong, you're probably not going to win the formal because you then go back to the same person, but you fill out paperwork. And I, I call it a, I fill out the, whatever forms they give me. You know, sometimes it's called an assessment complaint, and I, I fill it out. How much is the land? worth in the assessor's opinion what's it worth in my opinion what's the acreage and the address and the square footage of the buildings and all that kind of crap you fill out their paperwork but then i always perform a supplement to the assessment complaint 
and I, I give a narrative. I reference, in this case, my, my um, the sales chasing. I reference the purposes of ad valorem, for, or meaning according to value, valuation techniques. And then I reference the components of a mobile home park. And I'll typically say, hey, look, guys, I just paid a million dollars for 10 acres of dirt. Okay, 10 acres of dirt, if it was good farm ground in you know, Iowa or western Illinois, maybe 10,000 an acre. So 10 acres times 10,000 is 100,000. So I just paid a million. Am I the dumbest buyer ever? Or is there something else in the purchase price? And I don't mean in this instance mobile homes. You can put mobile homes or other you know tractors and snow plows and stuff in there. But that's not very, normally it's not a very big portion of the $1 million. The big portion is the, the going concern and the goodwill. For example, the license and business operation, the permit. And I think that makes sense to all of us investors. I mean, I wouldn't pay a million dollars for 10 acres of corn or 10 acres of dirt. In fact, this is worse than kind of virgin dirt for planting corn in the heartland. This has got some utilities in the way, some homes in the way. If I was going to do it just for dirt, i got to scrape the site first, okay? So what am I paying for? I'm not an idiot. I'm paying for the intangible personal property, the goodwill, the going concern, the license, the business operations. And that makes some sense, right? I mean, we one of the key... benefits of this industry is there's a barrier to competition. There's not really making very many of these things anymore. So if I've got one, that's good. So if a seller has a permit and has an operating business, I'm willing to pay a premium, especially if there's an ongoing business, meaning there's already clientele who are there, their homes are there, they're paying rent. So I'll pay a million dollars for 10 acres and not be fooled. Well, that value component has nothing to do with ad valorem real estate county appraisals. Okay, so you need to break that down if you can show in your purchase contract that you allocated that, you can generally uh, convince the assessor to remove that portion. But sometimes you, you know, for other reasons in your sales tax, your sales disclosure, you don't originally do that because there's income tax consequences and all this because depreciation, cost segregation, et cetera, that'll be for another day. But ultimately, you can use that to break down for the assessor just generally like, hey, this is what I paid for. I didn't pay for just land, okay? But then really what I like to do and the real the real value add here in the, the formal appeal of your documents is you, you pull comps. So I'll pull comps and I'll, I'll have a category, okay, the name of the MHP, and I'll put a little asterisk, asterisk by mine. This is the subject of this appeal. The values of the subject are the proposed values by the assessor. I'm looking at one right now. This is in Illinois. I, uh, the assessor says my market value is $1,425,000. it has got 88 lots, and that comes out to a current assessed value of 5,398 and the assessment ratio in Illinois is 33 to 3%. So I take a million 425 times one third equals 475,000 divided by 88 equals 5,398 per lot. Then I look at the next comp and I do the same math based on lots and AV and I'm like this one's 772. Holy cow that guy's getting a deal. Then 2,710, then 2,226, then 1,109, 959, 1,112, 1,103, 3,991. That one went up because I sold that one. Sorry, guys. And then another one, 2,970. Okay, so this is about the 10 in this county. The average assessed value per lot, as evidenced by me, is is $2,130. So if I took that $2,130 times my 88 lots... I come up with an equalized, that's key, equalized assessed value is based on the average lot per lot valuation within the county, then applied to the number of lots for each property. And it comes up with mine is 187483 Well, the assessor's got me on for 475000 Well, that doesn't seem fair 
this seems like that would be discrimination. Uh, that would not be bad. It may be an accurate price, but it's not fair relative to my peers. So he has, he has two options. He can either lower my equalized assessed value, or lower my assessed value, or he can increase everybody else. If you increase everybody else, I don't care. One, for competition reasons, but two, in theory, this the levy rollback is what happens through uh, assessment being neutral. All the taxing districts have to roll back their levy rates, and then my taxes stay the same. I say in theory because this, the assessor may be ignorant or could argue that, oh, it's just for mobile home parks. And really, it's like, no, this should be all residential property of the same classification. And there's no way that the assessor is going to double or triple the um, assessed values of a bunch of residential neighborhoods. Okay, So I've, I've laid the groundwork. I'm being polite at this point. And, and I've complied with their documents, but I've put, in my, put my supplemental document in there. This often works at a formal appeal. And if they get testy, you can start to say things like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to go 1-0 for the year. You're going to go 0-1 for, for the year. Do you really want to lose? You really want to be public enemy? Do you really want to be unfair, unjust, immoral? And sometimes that works too. If it doesn't, then boom, you gotta, you got to go to the next level, the formal You've already lost the informal. You've lost the formal. Now you go to the appeals court, which is the tax world is generally called like the board of equalization or the board of review. This is typically a group of volunteers or you know, close to volunteer you know, people who are going to review the assessor's word versus your word. And it's kind of like court, but very relaxed. And they may not be appraisers. They may be biased, like they work for the school district and their goal in life is to increase property taxes. Okay, But you go to the board, board of equalization. And you get to put on some evidence, and sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Oftentimes you lose all these initial levels because it's hard to change somebody's mind and convince them that everything they've done in their life and their view of the world is incorrect. And that's typically how the smaller the town, the more this is a problem. But if you lose the board equalization, then you have to appeal to the state tax commission. And all of these de- all these processes have deadlines. So you got to watch them like a hawk. They'll generally be published, and they'll be in your on your bills and your notices and stuff like that. Uh, but check your mail and check your notice dates and calendar them so you don't, they don't fall through the cracks. But the state tax commission, this is going to be more like a mini trial. And this is where it gets expensive. Most of the time you're required to hire a real attorney. I guess if you have the property in your own personal name, you don't have to. But let's be honest, you're smart enough by now to know that you don't own a mobile home park in your own personal name. It's in an LLC or other, some other entity. And if it's in an entity, then you don't own it. The entity owns it. And then you have to hire a lawyer. And you also typically have to hire a licensed appraiser to appraise the property. So you're talking five grand minimum by the time you get to the STC, the State Tax Commission. So that kind of stinks. And that's that's just to like play the game. Now that you're in the game, you've got to go through a little mini trial. There's sometimes discovery, evidence, document sharing. There's a little actual trial. Sometimes you write some kind of briefs or pleadings of sorts. Depends on the state and their individual rules. And some state tax commissions, by the way, have more teeth and power. Like in Kansas, it's called the Board of Tax Appeals, and it's got more muscle, in my opinion, than the Missouri State Tax Commission. More legislative authority has been granted to them. So you go to the State Tax Commission. Um, I did one of these cases one time. I was representing the assessor, a different county than when I was assessor, but representing the assessor, and it was on a uh, Marriott Hotel. And we lost at the State Tax Commission. And it was kind of a split. You know, The guy just totally whiffed on it. But kind of split, but we thought we lost. The other side thought they lost. Both sides appealed. We go to the full state tax commission after that. This is in Missouri, this is a board appointed by the governor of three people. And then we go to them and they review the, the, the prior case at the state tax commission hearing officer. The hearing officer is typically a lawyer, kind of in a judge capacity. But this, the full state tax commission board 
are political appointees. They may or may not be lawyers. They may or may not be appraisers. They may just be, you know, nephew of a senator or something. So that's the next step. Typically, that's most of them don't really get to the full board review, but if they do, that's kind of the last step for most everybody. If you don't like your result, like on this Marriott Hotel deal, we lost at the full state tax commission, which we thought was garbage. So we appealed to the circuit court. And that's, that's real court, right? This is when I generally hand it off because uh, I'm not a litigator. I don't really care to be a litigator. This is, you get enough a-holes in one room and yell at each other and you become a litigator. So I try not to do that for you know stress and gray hair and everything. And I'm just not as good at it as some of these other folks. So I stay out of the litigation game and stay in my lane of real estate. So in this case, we actually won at the circuit court. Well, the other side, the hotel, they appealed to the appellate court. Well, actually, they appealed to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court sent them down to go to the appellate court first. We then won at the appellate court, and that's where it sits now. They, in theory, could apply to the Supreme Court, but I think it's pretty obvious that all of their arguments were wrong and all of my arguments were correct. So that was a cool case, a fun victory. But that was a big, you know, $15 million-plus deal. Um, a lot of mobile home parks, you're talking 500000 to 2 3 million bucks. It, it's probably not financially worth it. I say you know, the juice ain't worth the squeeze, uh, unfortunately. So the assessor knows that sometimes, too. Sometimes assessors can be difficult and just you know hard, hard no, hard no, stamp no, and dare you to appeal. But you do have rights. There are processes. It's important to defend your rights. It's part, important, though, like everything, to continually evaluate, continually, I call it a cost-benefit analysis, What's the cost? What's the benefit? And you do that analysis. You continually revise and review, revise and review. And if you got to pull the plug, you pull the plug. But if you if you think it makes economic sense, and then also just general sense of like your the brain damage you're gonna go through and the opportunity cost of your time, then then you should you can go for, go through with it, and you can be very successful. Um, so as I mentioned in the prior podcast, there are some tactics you can use that are moral and legal to help mitigate your risk of having to do a tax appeal. But if it doesn't work, there are a number of options, like looking at your comps, determining if it's fair and accurate, understanding the assessment of revenue neutral process, and then going through the actual informal, formal, and court appeal processes. So I can give you a list of this. Go to my website, mobilehomelawyer.com. You can get a list of these processes. And shoot me an email, ferd at the mhplawyer.com if you're looking for a referral or a reference. I might be able to help you. I might know somebody will help you, but I might not. Um, I'm not able to talk about your specific case, unfortunately, because I'm, I'm not your lawyer. I'm just a mobile home park lawyer. And here today, signing off. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.